Oh, man. Welcome, everyone. I am so excited about the message God has for us today. We are in week four of a five-part message series taken from the book of Daniel entitled Stand, where we've been taking a look at selected stories from this amazing Old Testament book. How many remember the radio voice of Paul Harvey? Remember the radio voice of Paul Harvey? And now for the rest of the story. I used to love to hear those stories. And I recall one that I'll never forget. He, he told one day about a three-year-old boy who went shopping with his mom, grocery shopping. And as they got out of the car, because the funds were a little limited that day, mom specifically told her son not to ask for any chocolate chip cookies because they, she, she wasn't going to get them for him. Some of you are shaking, you, you, you know how that goes. And she put him in the cart. They were, they were just shopping. They were doing fine until they came to the cookie aisle. As soon as he saw the cookies, he, Mom, Mom, chocolate chip cookies. Please, can I have some chocolate chip cookies? And she says, I told you not even to ask. No, you can't have them. Of course, you know the reaction of a, a three-year-old. And, and they, she went about doing her shopping, was doing fine, until mom forgot an, an item that was in the cookie aisle. Which, once again, they had to go back to the cookie aisle. And as soon as he saw the cookies again, Mom, Mom, please, please, can we have some chocolate chip cookies? And she says, I told you not to even ask. No, you can't have them. Mom was finishing her shopping, and as she was getting close to the checkout line, this, this little boy sensed that he had one last chance to ask for chocolate chip cookies. So he stood in the cart. Remember those days when the kids, man, that would just, that just terrified me. They would stand. He stood and he says, in the name of Jesus, can I have some chocolate chip cookies? People started laughing. Some even applaud. And because of the generosity of those other shoppers, that boy and his mother left with 23 packages of chocolate chip cookies. Listen, sometimes we just need to stand in faith. Next week, we're going to be taking a look at Stand Firm. But today, it's a message of hope for all of you who have been praying for a very, very long time for something to happen. Some have been praying for their children or their loved one. To come in faith in Christ. Others perhaps have been praying for a breakthrough over depression. Or a breakthrough over anxiety. Or a, a, a breakthrough over financial situations in the home. Or for others it may be a relational breakthrough. There may be some who are praying for their parents because they see their parents struggling in their marriage and, and they don't want to see it end in divorce. 
Others may be praying for a health issue. And if it's not a health issue with yourself, it may be a health issue with someone else. Or some of you may be praying for your own marriages. Whatever it is, if you've been believing God in faith for something for a long time, and it doesn't seem like anything is happening, this message is for you. Because God is going to minister to you in a very special way. We're in Daniel chapter 10. If you want to turn to Daniel chapter 10, and, and just let me give you kind of the context of where we are in the life of Daniel. Last week, we, looked a look, we took a look at Daniel in the lion's den, where Pastor Matt mentioned that Daniel was in his 80s. Here, it's about three years later, so Daniel's in his late 80s, if not early 90s. And he has served now for 60 years. Under King Nebuchadnezzar, Belshazzar, uh, Darius, and also now, verse 1 of chapter 10 tells us that Cyrus was in his third year as the Persian king. Think about the leadership Daniel has been able to establish through the, to, to serving four different kings. Kings and kingdoms come and go, but the kingdom of God stands forever. And that's what Daniel represents in this whole, the sovereignty of God's kingdom. For decades, Daniel has been praying. Remember week one, we saw Daniel actually watch the destruction of the temple. Jerusalem burned, and thousands of young men taken into exile into Babylon. For decades now, Daniel has been praying for the restoration of the temple, for the temple to be restored, for his Jewish brothers and sisters to be able to go back to that holy land of Jerusalem. For decades, he's been praying. Recently, there's been a little ray of hope. Two years before this vision, 50,000 we're allowed to go back to Jerusalem, we know, under the first year of King Cyrus's reign. With that ray of hope, Daniel's been praying there seems to be nothing else that happens. So Daniel does what he does best. In chapter 10, Daniel goes on a fast and prayer. He fasts and prays for three weeks, 21 days. And he's not going to allow any choice meets or wine touch his lips. And there, as he consecrates himself to God, he has a vision. And you would think this vision would be one of restoration of the people of, of Israel back to the home. And, and the, but the vision is that of more war and hardship to come. And Daniel is beside himself. 
So starting with verse 5, we take a look at what Daniel saw. Daniel said, I looked up and I saw a man dressed in linen. Linen clothing with a, a belt of pure gold around his waist. His body looked like a precious gem. His face flashed with lightning and his eyes flamed like torches. His arms and his feet shone like bronze brass, polished bronze. And his voice, his voice, it roared like a vast multitude of people. Ten thousands, hundreds of thousands of people. That's, that's what the voice sounded like. The, the voice was powerful. And you may be asking, who is this man? Well, because the description of this individual is a lot like Revelation chapter 1, a lot of people liken it unto Christ, the pre-incarnate Christ. We call it a Christophany, where Christ appears before he actually comes here on earth. And most will believe that it's that or another angelic being. We really, really don't know. I personally kind of err on the side that it's an angelic being, not Christ. Because in verse 13, you're going to see where the archangel had to come, the archangel Michael had to come to help this individual. And, and I just have a theological problem with someone having to help Christ. I, but, but it could be Christ. I, I don't know. And Daniel goes on and says, only I, Daniel, saw this vision. The men with me saw nothing. But they were suddenly terrified and, and ran to hide. They knew something was going on. So I was left there all alone to see this amazing vision. Now I find this kind of strange that only Daniel saw and the other men didn't. But I'm reminded there are times where God has something for you specifically to see that perhaps other people couldn't handle. I can't tell you how many times someone's come up to me and they're so excited about God, what God's revealed to them. And I'm like, oh, that's, that's great. Because it was for them. And sometimes we need to be careful because what God reveals to us, we think it's, it's for everybody and we get all excited. Then we're wondering why that person's just sitting around twiddling their thumbs thinking about where they're going to eat dinner. I can't tell you how many times I've been out at minister school and, and during a, a, a session, you know, an evening session, you know, there's just the power of God. And, and the next morning people are sitting around the breakfast. Hey, wasn't that great? Wasn't that fantastic? And I'm sitting there like, yeah, maybe I was tired. There are some times when God has something specific for you, and it's meant for you. And that's how I see this. I, I see this vision for Daniel. And then it says, the second part of verse 8, my strength left me. My face grew deathly pale, and I felt very weak. Then I heard the man speak. And when I heard the sound of his voice that sounded like hundreds of thousands of people with power, 
I fainted and laid there with my face to the ground. What in the world is that all about? Listen, I don't care who you are or how strong you may think you are, but nobody can stand under the weight of the glory of God. When the glory of God falls, I don't care how strong you are, you're going down. And perhaps you can remember times like this in your own life where you've been at the altar and the glory of God fell. And you couldn't stand under your own power or you couldn't just stand the altar and and you knelt to your knees and all of a sudden the, the presence of God was so strong. There was such a peace. There was such a comfort, comfort. There was such a power that you didn't want this moment to leave you. You wanted to last forever, remember. In fact, I believe that's what some of you need today. A moment in the presence of his Shekinah glory. A moment in the power of God where you're stripped of all your strength. And you lay before his presence in peace and comfort and in his presence. Now, what I want to do this morning is, instead of just making a comment on each verse, I now want to give applications for what? A message for those who have been praying for a long time, but you, praying for something very significant, but you, but you haven't seen anything happen. How, how many can identify with that, man? You've been praying for years, and there's... For something very significant and, and, and nothing seems to be happening. How do you stand in faith, in prayer, when nothing seems to be happening? I want to share with you three facts. Three facts to remember of how you stand in faith. Fact number one, remember that God cares more about you than you do. God cares more about you than you do. I don't know about you, but when you pray for a long time for something to happen, nothing seems to be happening, what do you start feeling about yourself? Well, I'm here to tell you that God cares more about you than you do. Just then, a hand touched me. A hand touched me. And what did that hand do? Come on. It lift me. Now, you can't be a member in our house Pastor Bonnie can testify to this. You can't be a member in our house. When we're having a conversation and we hear a word that makes us think of a song, we just break out in song. 
And I don't know how you can sit there and hear the, word, hear the words lifted me and not think of a famous hymn. Love lifted me. Love lifted me. When nothing else could help. Love lifted me. Love lifted me. Love lifted even me when nothing else could help. Love lifted me. You see, God's hand extended never extends to condemn. It always stand, extends to lift up. God's hand extended, it's never to condemn. It's always to lift up. He lifted me, still trembling to my hands and my knees. The man said to me, Daniel, 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 you are very precious to God. There are some of you who need to hear that this morning. You are very precious to God. In King James it says, greatly beloved. The, the word is greatly desired. It also can be translated valuable. Daniel you're of great value. You are greatly admired. You are dearly beloved. You are precious. You are greatly desirable. God is telling you this morning, the exact same thing, no matter how you feel about yourself. Do you realize there's nothing you can do to earn more of God's love? And there's nothing you can do that would cause God to love you less. There's nothing you can do to earn more of God's love. And there's nothing you can do to earn, to make God love you less. Because God is love. That's his nature. Oh, there's some of you who need to hear this today. God loves you. He cares about you. You are valuable to him. So listen carefully to what I have to say. Stand up. For I have been sent to you. When he said this to me, I stood up trembling. How do we stand in faith when we've been praying for a long time and it seems like nothing is happening? First, remember, God cares more about you than you care about yourself. Secondly, the second fact, uh, boy, I'm so excited about this second fact. I love this second fact. If you don't know this story, buckle your seatbelts because it's going to get a little weird. Come on, after all, it's October 31st. God 
is doing more than you understand. God is doing more than you understand. When you're praying and nothing seems to be happening, not only does God care about you more than you care about yourself, but God is doing more than you understand. Then he said, don't be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day you began to pray for understanding and humbling yourself before your God, your request has been heard in heaven. You ever feel like your, your prayers bounce off the ceilings and fall and never reach heaven? This angelic being confirms to Daniel from the very first day, that very day one of your fasting and your praying, when you began to pray for understanding, and as you humbled yourself, I want you to know that your request was heard in heaven. So don't ever think that your prayers are not heard. And I, I, I have come in, in response. I have come in answer to your prayer. Listen, when you pray, God hears that request and releases an angelic being in answer. But, this is where it gets a little weird. For 21 days, how long has Daniel been fasting? But for 21 days, the, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. Detained. Interfered. Told you it was going to get a little weird. Listen, when you pray, not only does it release an angelic being, but it also releases demonic forces. Block my way. Then Michael, one of the archangels, came to kick some butt. No. Then one of the archangels came to help me. And I left him there with the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia. What in the world is this all about? I could go on for days and days and days. But let me just simplify it. What we see with our eyes, it's not all there is. What we see with our physical eyes, don't fool yourself, that's not all there is. What you see with your eyes is just the physical realm. But we know that the Bible talks about a spiritual realm. Now, who is this prince of the kingdom of Persia? Well, we do know that in Revelations chapter 12, when Satan, Lucifer, 
the angel of light, fell from heaven. It says, with his tail, he took a third of the angels. A third of the fallen angels. Which we believe become demonic forces. I'll never forget, as a teenager in high school... When I heard Bill Wanless, my pastor, preach about how when Satan fell, a third of the angels fell with him and became demonic forces, I didn't sleep for a week. It always bothered me. But as I matured, I realized that if only a third fell, that means there were... Two-thirds of angelic beings that didn't fall. So we believe this spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia to be a demonic force. That when Daniel prayed, it released a heavenly, angelic, divine being in answer. But his prayer also released demonic forces to block. And in the spiritual realm, there is spiritual warfare that is blocking. For 21 days detained. Ephesians 6.12 says, For we wrestle not, we struggle not, we battle against not flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities. Of this dark world. So even though we may not understand all that's taking place in the spiritual world, in the physical in the spiritual realms, for 21 days Daniel prayed and fasted. An answer was released, but was blocked. Until an archangel, Michael, came. And this one says, I I left him there to deal with the prince, and I've come in answer to your prayers. So all I can say is this. Sometimes we don't know what is taking place in the spiritual realm. But it doesn't mean we're to give up praying. For 21 days... I often thought, what if he had stopped after seven days? What if he had stopped after 14 days? What after the 19th day, Daniel would say, what's the use? I'm just giving up. How many know God loves the persistent, faithful prayers of his saints? So even though you've been praying... And you feel like nothing is happening. Don't give up because God is doing more than we ever, ever, ever can understand of what's taking place. How do we stand in faith? You realize that God loves you more. God cares for you more than you do. God is doing more, way more, way, way, way more than you can even understand. And the third fact is this. 
God's strength is made perfect in weakness. Now, this is a New Testament principle as well. Remember in 2 Corinthians, Paul talked about the thorn in his flesh. And he prayed for three times for it to be removed. R.T. Kendall has an excellent book entitled Thorn in the Flesh. And and gives 11 possibilities of what that thorn in the flesh may be. I thank God we really don't know what that thorn in the flesh is. That it's so widespread that it includes all of us. Because let's be honest. Don't we all have a thorn in the flesh? Don't we all have something we are bearing? That we pray, God, take it away. But he doesn't. Three times I prayed and God says, my grace is sufficient. My grace, it's all you need, Paul. My power works best in weakness. And then Paul says, for when I'm weak, that's when I'm strong. Listen, man, let me tell you, when I'm at the end of my rope, just barely hanging on, man, I don't cherish those moments That's when I see God's power at great works. And I realize it's God's grace and his power and his strength that keeps me holding on. Pastor Bonnie, you can come. Daniel says, "How how can someone like me, your servant, Talk to you, Lord. My strength is gone. And I can hardly breathe. And I have to believe there are some of you who feel like that this morning. Pastor, my strength is gone. And I can hardly breathe. My kids are a mess. They're out of control. My marriage is falling apart. I'm in the midst of financial ruins. I've been dealing with this health issue. Or we've been dealing with this health issue in the the family. And it, it has taken all that we are. I have kids that don't even talk to me anymore. Pastor, my my strength is gone, man. I can hardly breathe. In the very next verse, the one who looked like a man touched me again. Sometimes that's all it takes is a touch from the hand of God, a touch of the presence of Jesus. And all of a sudden, 
faith returns, strength returns, the aliveness of morning devotions return. All of a sudden, there's a, a bounce in your step. There's words of faith and no longer that are negative but are positive. He touched me and I felt the strength returning. Come on, how many of you can identify? How many have been there when you have been at your lowest and the hand of God touched you and you were strengthened again? Some of you, you need a touch of God's hands this morning. And he said, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of this vision of the wars to come and the hardship. Don't be afraid. Because if you didn't hear it the first time, let me tell you again, you are precious to God. You are valuable. You are greatly beloved. Peace. Be encouraged. Be strong. Would you stand in faith this morning? As Pastor Bonnie is, is playing, he touched me. He touched me. Maybe you need the hand, the presence of Jesus to touch you this morning. Maybe you need this sense of peace in your life. Maybe you need to be encouraged. Maybe you need to be strengthened. Maybe you're at the end of your rope. And you just need the touch of God. The weight of His Shekinah glory to fall on you. All I know is something happens when he touches you. Boy, as we're singing, if, if you just want to move out from where you're standing and, and fill this altar this morning, I, I know there's something that happens when, when people of the same like mind, the same desire, with the same prayer, unify. Come on, let's sing it. He, he touched me. me. Oh, he touched me. And all the joy that floods my soul. Hey!